Welcome to the sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. Hey, that's me. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's happened in every episode so far, save for like a couple. But every yeah. time I'm like, oh, great. Well, you Phil's know, I, I do like to one. think of myself as like the shining light of this podcast, so. That's yeah, fair. yeah, and I feel like you've really let it go, go to your head because I feel like the reason why sometimes uh, Joel forgets that you're there is because you saunter in late with the sunglasses and the backwards hat. Yeah, you, know, you don't come the back to the pre- row and be like, you, you, you don't come to the pre-production meetings. You just kind of come in. You're hot dogging it. You're a little bit like Hollywood Phil Ranta. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I do live just south of Hollywood. We, we do have a good show today. We're going to talk about some sports, as we often do, and uh, we do not have a character bit today, but that's because uh, we have a, I believe, a, a radio commercial that uh, Joel picked up and recorded for us. Is that correct? What do you mean uh, by character bit? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, we don't have an interview. We do usually do not record this late. Yeah. I'm a yeah. sleepy guy. You I know, you know, I know Phil, I know Phil's a sleepy guy. I go to bed very early. Given the amount of time that Jean puts in, it's pronounced Gene. Uh, yeah, trying to get the quality of guests that he does, and and for the listenership of this podcast, we get some huge guests. I really feel like when you call it the quote unquote character bit, it's like right. you're spitting in his face. You, you know, <laughs> you're absolutely. You know what? <laughs> I feel like I've let this podcast go to my head much like Phil has. Yeah, yeah we're really both sitting th- in the back row. Joel's <laughs> just- a nerd. Who? Oh man! Pay Where attention. would this podcast be without me? It's what I want to think. <laughs> a ten me too. Shorter. Actually, <laughs> Phil, Phil and I have had uh, meetings outside of this, wondering the same thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, Phil, we got a wide world of weird sport. You're goddamn right, we do. But first, Tiger Woods update. Watch update. Tiger Woods update. Watch update. Roar! Brought to you by the Zoo. It doesn't matter which one; they all got a tiger. Phil Mickelson wins in Champions Tour debut. Subheadline: Got something to talk to your dad about on the phone this weekend. Oh, fun! Uh, it's, it's it's not a Tiger Woods story. We we don't have a golf drop. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. It's all Tiger. Yeah. It's more about Phil yeah. Mickelson. No, um, that's fair. Well, if you if you didn't know, your dad will probably tell you when you talk to him about it. The Champions Tour is just the rebranded name of the Senior PGA Tour. Wait. Got it. Yeah, hang on. I'm 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 sorry. I, I still don't know if I can track that. It's explain well, it again. A, okay. Well, Champions Tour is just the rebranded name of the Senior PGA Tour. It turns out boomers are snowflakes who couldn't possibly consider themselves senior citizens. <laughs> Um, and I'm probably going to end up calling it the, the senior PGA or senior tour a couple times as I'm reading the news here, but it's just, yeah. that's only cause it's, that's the culture I grew up in. That's fair. <laughs> that's that was, fair. It's, that's what was on the TV, Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer, you know, that's yeah. Sunday afternoon television where I grew up. Boy, um, it, it, I shudder to think of those days. <laughs> golfers are eligible for the champions tour, nay, senior PGA, once they turn 50. And, uh, when researching this, uh, many articles point out the fact that this is the only sports league where the rookies are always the favorites. 
<laughs> that makes sense. And that and that just has to suck. Rookies coming into your league and dominating. And then and then get this, they're always trying to hit you up for pain meds or boner pills. Mm. It's like know your place, Rook. <laughs> also, uh, sh- should should you need boner pills at your age? <laughs> the, you know, 50, getting up <laughs> yeah, there. Hey, no, I'm just, some of us need them now. Yikes. Uh, Bye. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this past week, uh, it was, a, or actually this was, yeah, last week, it was an oddly scheduled Monday to Wednesday tournament. Phil Mickelson won the Charles Schwab series at Ozarks National. National. He won by four strokes. His final score, minus 22. And and judging by these scores, it, it seems to me that the Champions Tour plays on muni courses. Yeah. <laughs> He was 22 under, second place was 18 under, 16 huh. under, 15 under, 14 under, and it basically goes on like that. Uh, you know this... what I find interesting about this is you would think that Charles Schwab would want to stay away from Phil Insider Trading Mickelson, uh, you know, for their tournament. Bad for the brand. <laughs> right, especially Charles Schwab. Uh, this three-round total tied the senior tour record and Mickelson became the 20th golfer to win in their senior or champions tour debut. Wow. <laughs> so 20 times when someone's made, they'd be like, you know what? I'm still in the PGA, but I think I'm going to make my first, uh, you know, senior tour appearance. They just win 20 damn times. That's happened. Embarrassing. Wow. What an and- incredible statistic. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> Okay, so for Mickelson, he was a last-minute decision to even make the debut. He missed the cut at last week's Northern Trust, so he failed to qualify for the second leg of the FedEx playoffs. That meant he had some time off, so he signed up Friday for a tournament that started Monday. And by being a late addition to the field, he ruined a lot of old white guys' weeks. (laughs) And and I'm talking about his peers, because as far as golf fans, this made a lot of old white guys' weeks. Sure. Yeah. Your your dad's pretty jazzed about this. Oh my my uncle, I think, got into a senior PGA event, and he was super amped about it. Wait, got into one? Yeah, my oh, my wow. one of my uncles is a really good golfer. Oh, that's phenomenal, Joel. Why hasn't that been on a sports throughout history? <laughs> we haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> I thought I might do Arnold Palmer first, Jordan, but okay, yeah. If you want to skip to Dick Anderson, let's Over do it. Over your own family, Joel. <laughs> and besides, Joel, Arnold Palmer was already in a wide world of weird sports. Oh, Goddamn right true. he was. <laughs> Tiger Woods is only 44 and thus not yet eligible for the Champions Tour. However, he is very eligible to give a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> This is a quote. He was already one of the longest hitters out here on the PGA Tour, Woods said. And now he goes to where he's going to pick up a huge advantage off the tee. There's no reason why he can't win every event he plays out there. <laughs> I don't know, I Yikes. That was, that, was a, that was a perfectly uh, good amount of snark and also a good amount of praise to give it the plausible deniability. Yeah. Um, that tiger's got claws. Uh, wow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mickelson's quote uh, sounds like your older brother uh, when he played you and your friends in basketball. Quote, I had a really great time. It was fun for me to compete. I got to shoot scores and compete, and the competition here is really strong. And it was fun for me to get off to a good start and play well. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, except 
It was probably really condescending. <laughs> oh, it was fun. My wife has been writing me about getting another vacation home because of COVID, and some <laughs> spring chick comes along into our tournament, and you know what? You know, it's fine. It's fine. She'll have to do it the one vacation home. <laughs> uh, so, Mickelson can still compete because you can compete in both. He just turned 50. And he will actually be teeing up in the PGA Tour's season opening, Safeway Open, in Napa, California. Ooh. Until then, Tiger Woods Update Watch Update. Tiger Woods Update Watch Update. Roar! Brought to you by... All the zoos. We haven't caged a Phil Mickelson yet. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. College football keys to the COVID preview. College football keys to the COVID preview. Brought to you by... The United States government. We did a great job. (laughs) Big 12, SEC, and ACC don't yet have a plan for a COVID outbreak. Sure. Subheadline, conference leaders respond... We've been in meetings with lawyers all day. We don't have time to meet with doctors. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, sub sub headline. Meanwhile, the Big Ten's biggest problem is a frivolous lawsuit from Nebraska players that will be thrown out by any judge who is not at the Golden Cornhusker donation level. Oof. Oh yeah. Millionaires. Yeah, you got to give a lot for that. Uh, but but I tell you, you should see what you need to do to get into the Platinum Cornhusker level. That one's just insane. Yeah, that's circle of trust right there. Yeah. You get into that. I um, think you get a blowjob from Tom Osborne. Yikes. Jeez, oh, Joel. <laughs> uh, very much like MLB, whose 100-page uh, COVID protocols document did not have a chapter on what to do in case of an outbreak, none of the three Power Five conferences that have decided to play football have, dis- have, have <laughs> announced any criteria for game postponements or cancellations. Basically, what to do if there's an outbreak. Wow, aren't uh, aren't you being a bit defeatist, Jordan? Why would they have a plan from that when it's clearly perfectly safe for them <laughs> to play college football? Well, I think it's it's you see historically there are only two things that can cause football games to be postponed in the South: uh, hurricanes and national guardsmen integrating their schools. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ole Miss actually played that weekend when they, yeah. their own people rioted violently. <laughs> the <laughs> Fun fact, the largest cheer of the game was when they announced out-of-town scores, and it was announced Michigan had beat Army. It's huh. not a joke. That's not a joke. It's not a really? wonderful Wright Thompson piece, yes. Yeah. Why, uh, why, why did they care so much about Michigan and Army? Because uh, the National Guardsmen were trying to put down a riot in their campus oh after they God. integrated their school. That's even more devious than I realized. Yeah, it's pretty Holy bad. Holy hell! Yep. So the big question's on the table. How will it be determined if a game is a no contest or postponement? How many COVID cases would make a team ineligible to play? What, and what are we going to do when it's clear all of the coaches are lying to protect their best interests? Yeah, I mean, they've been lying about concussions for so long. This is really going to slot right into, you know, well, a standard of behavior that they're very familiar with. And here's the thing. I told you about the South and their attitude uh, towards not playing football. So it's up to the Plain States to step up into an intellectual leadership role, which has a new and fun feel to it. <laughs> Enter Commissioner, Big 12 Commissioner, 
Bob Bullsby. Mm-hmm. And if Boy, I were to pitch the... <laughs> that's a great name for the Big 12 commissioner. If, if I pitched the name Bob Bullsby for the name of the Big 12 commissioner in a writer's room, it would be shot down for being yeah. too broad. Jordan, <laughs> fucking Christ, a little on the nose. Bullsby Har- in the middle of beef territory? <laughs> but this is our podcast, so I'm going to hat on hat, hat on a hat this one and call him Big Bob Bullsby. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Big Bob. Big, he owns a steak restaurant. <laughs> Big Bob Bullsby. <laughs> Big Bob Bullsby owns a chain of steak restaurants. <laughs> That's great, Phil. <laughs> Big Bob Bowlesby says they're moving towards approving a policy requiring a team to have a designated number of healthy, eligible players at each position and overall as a team. It's an ongoing conversation, Bowlesby said. It's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not really. No, no. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not, I mean, not as much as a, a regional stake chain, certainly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the SEC you reported would think managing that would you <laughs> know all one. about hygiene, Big Bob. Yeah, <laughs> or at you know, least even... you should. Uh, the SEC is reportedly exploring a similar policy, and by exploring, of course, I mean leaning over and seeing what Smarty Pants Big Twelve <laughs> is putting down for their answers. Wow, how terrible is it to be cheating off of the Big Twelve's paper? <laughs> If you sit in the front row, the Ivy League is right there, but no. (laughs) Now, it looks like the most popular option right now is the one that would mandate each team to have at least 53 total players to play with a minimum number at each position. Now, of course, uh, one of the biggest debates is whether superstars on each team count as three players or four. (laughs) Uh, seriously, though, it's sadder than that. The actual debate is whether that number should include walk-ons. Oof. Not a joke. It's possible so, walk-ons... So me, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I really got to walk through this scenario really quick. This okay. already dangerous sport that's giving a lot of people concussions. If right. the dangerous circumstances in America right now prevent the actual players from being healthy enough to go do it, they're going to strap pads on a bunch of just students from the regular body and send them out there to get their well, brains. No, well, that's a little, on. that's a little, well, Joel, that's a little reductionist walk-ons. Like they, <laughs> well, know, they're not but, like, they wouldn't be coming for you. Walk-ons are on like, there's like every team has wow. a number of walk-ons. Wow. That's Joel, sorry, Jordan. They Joel, wouldn't I, be coming for you. <laughs> wow, you you don't think they'd want us? They're not. They're not. This isn't. This isn't construction, Joe. This isn't a draft. Middle-aged not, man. <laughs> they're not. No. What I'm saying is, if you were a student, they're not rounding up students. Every school has walk-ons. Generally, schools that have less scholarships have more walk-ons. Right, but even a school like Michigan has about twelve to fifteen walk-ons. That's a fair point. There was a kid at my high school who briefly walked on at Michigan State, and he was. He was definitely the best player on our team by a wide margin. So, uh, It's possible that walk-ons become some fraction of a player that will get buy-in from all of the states playing college football, which, which again, is just like really, really iffy historically when you yeah, reason what, that out. What fraction, Jordan? Because uh, there's, mm. there's a real specific one that they want to avoid. The fucking South, right? Yeah. Obviously, injured players won't count towards your total, but what about... In-game injuries. Now, SEC speed is relative to position, and I don't know if a tight end who played high school quarterback is the same threat with his legs as uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, (laughs) 
or or worse as now and this is this was your fear Joel and I and I completely understand it if younger players or walk-ons are thrust into starting roles undersized players could be just getting their shit wrecked <laughs> yeah this this is a, a veritable massacre of rudies yeah <laughs> Vanderbilt should just opt out of the season en masse. Somebody's going to get hurt. Alabama's kicker could literally beat the shit out of Vandy's defensive ends. And that's now. Yeah, right. But that's why, but don't worry, that's why Tori Lindley, president of the National Athletic Trainers Association, says that the relationship between a coach and his his athletic trainer is more important than ever. And by relationship, he means bribes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be all about the threading the needle of what really is corruption and how you define medical malpractice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but aside People, from... That, that is one of those things that when it comes to being the trainer for a top-tier football team, people don't appreciate how you have to walk that fine line. where it's The like, moral ambiguity that yeah. you have to encounter on a day-to-day basis. How do, I, how do I keep knowingly sending these kids out to hurt themselves in a dangerous sport... Well, can not he play? The Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Well, he can play. Yeah. Ask me if if he may play. <laughs> I will yeah, say no. I'm sure there's a, like a, a hot sheet for coaches where it's like <laughs> questions to ask the doctor and questions not to ask the doctor. Uh, well, and here and aside from the safety of players, which everyone is required to say is their number Ooh. one concern. The real number one concern is coaches being less than honest. If they can manipulate grades, it's a safe bet they can manipulate COVID numbers in order to play or not to play. Listen, Jimmy, I'm going to need you to go down and take a COVID test for a star quarterback here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I was going to say, even, well, here's the thing Lane Kiffin might decide it's better if Ole Miss doesn't play Alabama. Hmm. Oh, we got too many COVID people. Oh, oh, geez, sorry. <laughs> Looks like it's you, a tie. Uh, every, uh, everyone's everyone's healthy to play Vandy next week. That's great. Yeah, we were um, doing great in the pre-conference schedule, and then, or wait, there's not going to be a pre-conference schedule, is there? Uh, every league is doing it differently. I believe uh, the ACC and the SEC have one non-conference game, and the Big Twelve is all conference play. Okay. Good so information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. What is You're this, welcome. a news show? The Big Ten, I told you their other problem about that Cornhusker lawsuit. The other one was a group of 30 football parents protesting the conference's decision uh, not to play outside of the Big Ten's empty headquarters. Wow. You see, uh, you see, uh, guys, uh, everyone is uh, work at home because c- of COVID. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> College football, keys to the COVID preview. College football, jingle, jingle, keys to the college preview. Brought to you by the United States government. We did a great job. Oh, man, I'm running out of stuff to watch, and it's giving me crippling depression. You're telling me what's even left on X videos, or should I just watch Tiger King again? Are you running out of stuff to watch during the pandemic? Oh, we who literally are you? just you said come that. From? Lucky for you, there is a tailor-made, or should I say Shimano-made solution. 
a massive source of content you can watch sports content i don't really like sports but without content it's not safe to leave me alone what is it the tour de france god damn it did you know that each stage in the tour de france is anywhere from four to six hours long and that there's 21 of them that's 126 hours of television waiting for you 126 hours of people riding bikes did I mention tour commentary by Phil Liggett? You, you probably shouldn't have. Yeah. You have a better way to spend your time? No. Okay, fine. But didn't it already start? You have nothing but time to catch up on the first few stages. Well, what about spoilers? What if I open up the news and see who won? Have you ever seen anything about the Tour de France in the news? Yeah. When Lance Armstrong wasn't involved. Well, no, never. And it's not just cycling. There's fields they're riding through. And there's other parts of France. Look, this is a great effort, but I think I'll just pass. After all, I still have all that stuff in my Netflix queue. Oh, the aspirational stuff that you put in there to feel good about yourself but still haven't watched? Sad documentaries and stuff with subtitles? He's got your number, Phil. Damn it, I guess I'm watching cycling. The Tour de France, because what else are you going to do? And now it's time for another wide world of Weird Sports! Oh, it's Wide World Sports time! It's Wide World Sports! Wide World of Weird Sports. What do we got this week? This week's Wide World of Weird Sports, Tom Seaver. Ooh. Yeah. George Tom Seaver, born November 17th, 1944, died August 31st, 2020. That was just a few days ago. Yeah. You've already blown my mind that his first name was George. And George <laughs> I'm like Thomas a baseball Seaver. fan and know a fair amount about Tom Seaver. Oh, man. What yeah. do you mean George Seaver? Which one? <laughs> his nicknames were Tom Terrific and The Franchise. Ooh cool names he was an american professional baseball pitcher who played 20 seasons in major league baseball that is a lot of seasons especially yeah. for a pitcher that's yeah, a his lot arm of must innings. be sore yeah uh, he played for the new york mets he played for the cincinnati reds he played for the chicago white Sox. he played for the boston red Sox from 1967 to 1986 i only really hate one of those teams there we go <laughs> As a longtime Met, Seaver played a significant role in their victory in the 1969 World Series. Yeah, the Miracle X. I think he won the MVP that year. I believe it. Uh, With the Mets, Seaver won the National League's Rookie of the Year Award in 1967 and won three NL Cy Young Awards as the league's best pitcher. Nice. Yeah, That's as many Cy Young Awards as Justin Verlander should have won. Fair. True. Uh, he was a 12-time All-Star and ranks as the Mets' all-time leader in wins. That's not at all uh, surprising. <laughs> yep. Uh, during his MLB career, he compiled 311 wins, 3,640 strikeouts, 61 Ooh. shutouts, and 2.86 earned run average, and he Ooh. threw a no-hitter in 1978 near the end of his career. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. 
61 shutouts. Yep, they used to pitch whole games back then. (laughs) Yeah, that is... I don't think there is ever going to be another pitcher in Major League Baseball who achieves a career total of 61 shutouts. That's fair. All right, well, see, he played for the Mets for 10 years. It was really good, but what people really want to learn about is this section called Midnight Massacre. Ooh. What? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm not I'm not sure I do want to know. What yeah, you want to know what's up with George. Uh, <laughs> by 1977, free agency had begun, and contract negotiations between Mets ownership and Seaver were not going well. Seaver wanted to renegotiate his contract to bring his salary in line with what other top pitchers were making, but chairman of the board, M. Donald Grant, who by that time had been given carte blanche by Met management to do what he wished, refused to budge. M. Donald is, like, there's a lot of combinations of first initial, like, middle name that you can go with. I've considered going with J. Patrick Anderson, but M. Donald... Sounds just wrong. That's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally not like G. Tom Seaver. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what a lot of the Mets fans said. <laughs> G. Tom Seaver. Longtime New York Daily News columnist Dick Young regularly wrote negative columns about Seaver's greedy demands. As for Seaver, he attempted to resolve the impasse by going to the team owner, Lorinda de Roulet. Uh, who, along with general manager Joe McDonald, had negotiated in principle a three-year contract extension by mid-June. What a stand-up guy. Yep. But... Wants to stay with his home franchise, the place where he's been that whole time. But, before the contract could be signed, Young wrote an unattributed story in the Daily News claiming that Seaver was being goaded by his wife to ask for more money because she was jealous of the fact that Nolan Ryan was making more money with the California Angels. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) In your face. (laughs) That's awesome. Upon being informed of the story, Seaver informed DeRoulet that he immediately wanted out and asked McDonald to immediately trade him, feeling that he could not coexist with Grant. I gotta be like, how how do you continue working as a sports writer, like a columnist in a New York paper after you drive? I guess all the Yankees fans probably started buying the New York Daily News. Oh, sure. I mean, there was no internet. Yeah. Sports sports writers got really mediocre in the second half of the 20th century. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. In one of two trades that New York sports reporters dubbed the Midnight Massacre, the other involved struggling outfielder Dave Klingman, Seaver was traded to the Cincinnati Reds at the trading deadline, June 15, 1977, for pitcher Pat Zachary, minor league outfielder Steve (laughs) Henderson, infielder Doug Flynn, and minor league outfielder Dan Norman. Ugh. <laughs> I love the disdain you put on those voices, Phil. right? Dan Norman, I'm... what did he ever do? Not much, actually. Yeah. And that brings it into another wide world of weird sports. Oh, I'm so mad at Steve Henderson for not having a better career. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings you to close another sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, let's bring in Gene to give you our contact information. Uh, 
hello, it is me, Jean. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, hi, Jean. <laughs> what are Prepare you doing? Prepare for your contact information. <laughs> if you want to get to us on uh, Facebook, you're going to go to uh, facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's sports and then the numero three podcast. Do you want uh, to find us on Twitter? You go to uh, twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. It's just like the Facebook page. And sure. of course, anchor.fm will take you to anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast is the home for all of our back episodes. Yar, Gene, get back to your port there in Quebec. I go rape and pillage, Gene. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. John's accent was all over the place. Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.